As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Killer Queens Podcast. And we're on YouTube at Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Hey, you guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Killer Queens. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. We got a serial killer for you today. Fucking dick. I know. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, no getting around it. No. Safe Mm-mm. to say. But before we get into it... Let's thank some people who requested this case. Sure. Yeah. Thank you to Ellen, Alex Lewis, Richard Gontar Sturfy. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Mark for writing it up. Yes, absolutely. Yay. Throughout the 70s and into the early 80s, Robert Hansen was able to kidnap and murder several women from the 4th Avenue District of Anchorage, Alaska. The Butcher Baker, as he would be known. We got to come that. up with something. Yeah. Got to come yeah. up with something better than that. That will take the wind right out of his sails here. Um, He took women out to the remote wilderness and would hunt them like wild animals. And it wasn't until one of his victims escaped that Hansen was even on the radar of investigators and eventually captured. Okay, we do have some trigger warnings. We've got murder, kidnapping, rape, and gun violence. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, so we just want to let you know about that. Go ahead and start thinking of other serial killer names than Butcher Baker. Yeah. Like, because he was a baker, so okay, I get that. But, I mean, we need something that's going to, you know, really bring him down a few notches because exactly. I, we've never been fans of, like, a kind of, I don't want to say cool, but you know what I mean. Like, something that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, like, romanticizes it. And there's definitely people who, you know, they want the fame of doing awful stuff. Right. Exactly. If your name is going to be like the Bucktooth Baker, then, you know, not saying that that's what he looked like, but just like that's probably not as cool as the Butcher Baker. Right. Yeah. The fucking idiot. I I don't know. I'll think of something. I'll think of something. We we need a little time, but, but we'll think of something. You think of something too. Let us know. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's go to Alaska. 
shall we? Let's shall. Alaska, sometimes called the last frontier or the land of the midnight sun, is a vast frontier in the Northwest that is known to outdoors men and women as paradise. The sprawling woods give ample opportunities for hunting, fishing, and just generally enjoying all of the beauty that the world has to offer, and it's untouched by man and civilization. At its narrowest distance, mainland Alaska sits just 55 miles from Russia. Wow. That's so close, I did not realize. Mm -mm. They're separated by the Bering Strait, and that's a stretch of sea that can be treacherous for those who underestimate it, and it is predominantly where the deadliest catch on the Discovery Channel is filmed. Ooh. I've seen some of that show, and you can kiss your ass goodbye <laughs> if you're not ready for it. Yep, uh, your ass is grass, and the Bering Strait is the lawnmower. Exactly, yes. There are estimated to be over 100 volcanoes and volcanic fields in Alaska, but a U.S. geological study showed that there have only been one or two eruptions since the start of the 1900s. There are more than 3,000 rivers. There are over 3 million lakes scattered across the state. Wow. That's a whole lot of water. In Barrow, Alaska, during the summers, the residents have around 80 days of sunlight and in the winter, 65 plus days without the sun. I literally could not live like that. I could not either. Like, it, would be it is hard on the mental. Yes. Like, people who can do it, it's incredible. Cause even here, just like from January to March, I have a really hard time because it's just like friggin' gloomy. I mean, we still have sunlight, it's just gloomy. Yeah. And you want to go to bed at 4 p.m. because that's when the sun goes down. So, yeah. Ugh. Alaska offers some people the opportunity to just escape from their problems or from society. And one person is, was, excuse me, Chris McCandless. Chris was the subject of the book Into the Wild, which was later made into a movie starring Emile Hirsch. That movie is amazing, but it is heavy as hell. Mm. After graduating from Emory University, Chris became an adventurer. He nicknamed himself Alexander Supertramp, and he hitchhiked to Alaska. Once he was there, he went into the Alaskan bush in April of 1992 he didn't have a ton of supplies. He decided he wanted to live off of the land. While he was out there, he found an abandoned bus that he used as a shelter, and he didn't have the proper supplies, right? So he wasn't able to sustain himself. In September of 1992, a hunter was out and came upon the bus Chris called home. And when he looked inside, he found Chris's body extremely malnourished, weighing only 67 pounds. Jeez. April to September. That is the shortest amount of time. Mm -hmm. to perish. You know what I mean? Like, he had these big plans of living off the land, and he lasted, what, all of yeah, five months? I know. That's like, yeah. I mean, he. Uh, it's like he immediately just went without everything he needed to live. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's a shock to the system at the very least. His official cause of death was recorded as starvation, and Chris's story is just one of many stories that illustrate the harsh, unforgiving environment in Alaska. Anchorage, not the capital of Alaska. Totally know that. Knew that before we even started this. I knew it. It's by far its most populated city, and it's got around 280,000 people. The second largest city is the capital, Juneau, around 32,000. Big difference, though. A very big difference, yes. In Anchorage in the 70s, 4th Avenue was considered to be the, quote, shady or red light district. And that's where the strip clubs were located, as well as the, quote, no-tell motels. Hmm which these motels charged by the hour, they did not charge by the night. There was also a thriving market for drug dealers and sex workers. Police described a triangle area between Anchorage, Hawaii, and California, and the triangle was the route 
the women would be moved around throughout, many forced into sex work. Because of these movements, when someone would go missing, there was generally very little thought given to where they went. It was like assumed that they just made their way to another town, sometimes by choice, but most of the time by force. But like, who cares? Right. They're like, eh, well, it's just the just the triangle. I mean, maybe they wanted to, probably they didn't, but not my problem anymore. Right, exactly. And I mean, look at look at who they are. Who cares mm-hmm. about sex workers? Yeah. And I'm saying that completely sarcastically because everyone deserves to be found. Everyone deserves to be cared about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In July of 1980, workers for a local power plant were out in a remote area doing some work on power lines. As they were walking along the small road, it's not really even a road. It's kind of more like a trail that was big enough to get a car down it. They stumbled upon what looked like a body. Immediately, the workers radioed it in and the police were dispatched to check it out. Once they arrived, investigators knew they were going to have an extremely difficult time making an identification. Not only is the Alaskan bush unforgiving because of the terrain and the weather, but wildlife is also a factor. They discovered that the body had been essentially eaten by wild animals and they didn't have much to work with. They assessed that the body belonged to a female because of the tattered clothing and boots they found buried in the shallow grave. They said they immediately suspected that she was a sex worker because of the style of clothing they found. So I'm assuming they found Julia Roberts' outfit from Pretty Woman. Right. Yeah. Um, That's how you know, right? They took the remains to the coroner, and he found scoring on some of the bones and made the conclusion that she had been stabbed to death. Unfortunately, they were unable to identify the victim, but assumed that she was one of the missing Fourth Avenue girls. Her body was found in the Eklutna region outside of Anchorage, which led investigators to name her Eklutna Annie. They brought in a specialist to do facial reconstruction with the skull and plastered photos of that all over the place. No one has recognized the face, and to this day, Eklutna Annie's true identity is unknown. Also, though, like, just wondering, and I'm not trying to be super morbid, if hmm. you find, if you know that there's animal predation in the area, and it's very, very common, likely, like, if you find scoring on the bones, and you just assume that this person was stabbed to death, could that not have also occurred from, like, bite from marks? An animal? Yeah. Or scratching? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that information as well. Like, just like, yeah, well, probably this, like, you don't really know that. No, not really. Especially if she is linked to this person and that's probably not how she died. Right. Because that's not his MO, but. Yeah. Also in July of 1980, there was a body found in a gravel pit near Seward, Alaska, about 150 miles south of Eklutna. Some highway maintenance workers were there when they were digging through the gravel After digging for a bit, they discovered a body and called the police. When the police arrived, they discovered that there was a bear there eating the body. Dear God. Right? The police killed the bear and retrieved the contents of its stomach. That seems... I don't know. Okay, hear me out here. That bear's just out there doing bear shit. Like, the bear is literally in its own living room. Yeah, and he, I'm sure, was like... Yes, didn't have to kill this. Can totally just, now I understand. I understand that he is eating a dead body that is now a crime scene and evidence. I totally get it. I get it. Yeah. Makes me sad though that they had to kill the bear because again, the bear's just doing bear stuff. Well, yeah. And what are you going to find? Like, 
isn't, if you're looking for like DNA evidence or whatever, isn't that going to be degraded by like stomach acid and, you know, like. Unless the bear ate like jewelry or, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but it seems kind of counterproductive. Like, I don't know what they were going to get from that. Yeah. And again, it's not if the bear had mauled the person. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen though. So I just. No, even so. I mean, like, shit, that's where the bear lives. I know. It just makes me sad. But I mean, this is, I'm talking to someone who you've been known to kill a spider outside. I try not. Well, mm. that's his living room, Torella. You're right. You're right. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Well, in the moment, I can't say what I would do or would not do. I would never, I can't, I know for a fact that I cannot kill a living creature like that. I Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't see, I don't see the point in it personally. It just makes me sad. That's all I'm going to say. It makes me sad. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I know in a lot of different areas, there are different animals that are like overpopulated and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't know what all is going on up there with the bears. I'm just saying, yeah, it sucks. Because again, to me, it doesn't seem sound like the bear was doing anything other than what bears do. Exactly. And if you find a corpse and you're an animal, I mean, you're going to fucking eat it. Yeah. That's what animals do. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The body itself had been wrapped in a sleeping bag and had been dragged to the gravel pit and hastily buried. They determined that she died from a gunshot wound. Using fingerprints, they identified her as Joanna Messina. Detectives went and talked to her friends and family, and they learned that Joanna had told them that she was meeting a man she had met who promised to take her on a shopping spree. No one knew his identity, though, and nobody ever saw him. And after she went to meet him, she never returned. What an a-hole promising this poor woman a shopping spree. Your ass would have been in the car in a heartbeat. I love shopping. Exactly. On September 12th, 1982, some hunters were out walking along the Kinnick River looking for some game when they stumbled upon a shallow grave. Authorities were called in, and this time they were able to identify the remains. 23-year-old Sherry Marrow worked in Anchorage as an exotic dancer. She had been reported missing a year earlier. Investigators come through the area trying to find any evidence they could. They used sifters like they were panning for gold and sifted through all the soil surrounding Sherry's body. And that's how they discovered spent shell casings buried in the dirt. The cases were 223 caliber and suggested that they would be looking for a Ruger Mini-14 hunting rifle. Sherry had been shot in the back three times, but when they looked closely, they saw that her shirt didn't have any holes in it. So this suggested that she was nude when she was killed, and then the killer redressed her. 
Hmm. Weirdo. Yeah. A year later, September 2nd, 1983, another shallow grave was discovered off the banks of the Kinnick River. She was identified as Paula Golding, an exotic dancer that had been reported missing out of Anchorage. Paula's murder had been in the exact same manner as Sherry's. She was shot and redressed after her death, and two 23 shell casings were found. They might have been doing their best to avoid it before, but now there was no way that investigators could ignore the fact that they had a serial abductor, rapist, and murderer operating in the Anchorage area. It wasn't a coincidence that the women they were finding were all from the same area of Anchorage, and to many in the general public, they would go unnoticed if they were missing. And of course, this is the way that the police kind of talked about it. You know, a a lot of, you will hear that. A lot of people will say, you know, because of their profession, there are, you know, certain groups of people, demographics that people will say, oh, you know, these people are chosen because they wouldn't be missed. That's not true. Of course they are missed. Even if they're not reported missing, it doesn't mean they're not missed. It just might mean that their family members don't hear from them often enough to realize that they're missing. Right. But, you know, and that's a mistake a lot of people, a lot of killers who prey on certain groups of people, Mm -hmm. marginalized people. Yeah, that's a mistake that they make because they're like, oh, well, I can just pick this person up and nobody's going to miss them and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's not true because eventually somebody who keeps fighting to find this person is your undoing. Like, Mm -hmm. fuck off. So Sherry, Joanna, Paula, and Eklutna Annie were the four murders that Hansen would eventually be charged with, but there are several others he either admitted to or is suspected of. Cecilia Van Zanten went missing on December 22nd, 1971. Her body was discovered on Christmas Day, 1971. Megan Emmerich went missing on July 7th, 1973. Mary Kathleen Thill went missing on July 5th, 1975. Neither Megan or Mary's bodies were discovered. Hansen denied killing all three of these women, but he is suspected by authorities to be responsible for their disappearances because of markings on his map. And put a pin in that map, we will come back to it. Roxanne Eastland went missing on June 28, 1980. Adria Altery, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that right, went missing. Why did you call her Adria? Did I? Yeah. Oh, my. Okay, well, I definitely said that wrong. Andrea Altery went missing on December 2nd, 1981, and neither Roxanne or Andrea's bodies were ever discovered. It's actually pronounced Adria. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Hansen confessed to kidnapping and murdering both of them. Lisa Futrell went missing back in September of 1980, and her body was found near the old Kinnick Bridge, And her body was found when Hansen gave investigators her location during his confession. I like the name Knick. I do too. It's kind of cool. Sue Luna went missing in May of 1982. Hansen took her out to a remote area and stripped her naked and forced her to run through the woods. He gave her a head start and then hunted her as if she was a wild animal. Can you imagine? How scary. Like that is a nightmare. Yes, an absolute nightmare. Yes, And Sue was shot to death. Her body was discovered with information Hansen gave during his confession. It's unknown when Robin Pelkey went missing, but it's known that she was killed in January of 1983. Her body was discovered in April of 1984 with information from Hansen's confession. Originally, Robin was called Horseshoe Harriet because her identity was unknown. 
I don't like that. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like something from the Wild West days. Yeah. But I love... See, we do it every time. We do. Do you have to have alliteration, though? Like... Yes. Horseshoe Harriet? Like, is the area she was found in, like, called Horseshoe or something? Well, she was called that because... It sounds good to get. I don't. I don't know another way to say it. Horseshoe, Evelyn. That doesn't sound as good. Well, it doesn't. See, I don't like it. Go ahead. You know, there's some people you meet you just don't like them. You don't know why. This is this is one of those things. Just the name Horseshoe Harriet. You've met her. You don't like it. I don't like it. I don't yep. like it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. It's Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get that they didn't know that then, but still. In October of 2021, Robin was identified via forensic genealogy. Can and this was done. This is a long time. A very long time. Right? Damn near 40 years later. I mean, golly. 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 This was done by compiling a DNA profile of the unknown victim and then entering it into the public genealogy databases like 23andMe, Ancestry DNA, et cetera. And using the databases, they found several relatives and were able to build a family tree and eventually identify Robin. That's incredible. Or Horseshoe Harriet. Do not even fuck with me. Yeah. Delyn Frey was discovered on August 20th, 1985 by an airline pilot who was out testing tires near a Knick River sandbar. I'm Malai. Yeah, Malay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Malay Larson, Teresa Watson, Angela Federn, and Tamara Peterson were all discovered in April of 1984 with information given by Hansen during his confession. That's what I don't like about serial killer cases. Like, I understand that there's like, you know, a, um, we can learn a lot about like how they operate, how they think and things like that. It just, I don't know, just kills me because it's like you have so many, you just have to like read off names. And yeah, and, and in this case, we don't know a lot about the victims. See, that's what I was about to say. In this case, we just don't know. Much. Yeah. So we've given everything that we have found to give, but yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. It's right, right. I know you're right. In June of 1983, 19-year-old Cindy Paulson got into the vehicle with a prospective customer. Cindy was a sex worker in Anchorage, and as they drove, they talked and agreed on terms. And when it came time for the transaction to take place, the man pulled out a gun and told Cindy that if she did what he said, he wouldn't kill her. Okay. Yeah. Totally believe you, you dumb bitch. Mm -hmm. So Cindy said the man was a smaller man who appeared to be extremely nervous, and he had a stammer. His face had pock marks, which would have been from acne when he was younger. So he has the gun pointed at her. He brought out a set of handcuffs. He put them on her. Then he drove to the suburbs of Anchorage, and he pulled up to a large blue-gray ranch-style house. He forces Cindy inside, and he brings her down to the basement. Once he's in the basement, she's looking around everywhere, and she sees that there are mounted animal heads literally everywhere she looked. She was then taken into a smaller hidden room in the basement that had a pole in the middle of it. She was handcuffed to the pole, and for hours that followed, she was repeatedly raped and sodomized. At a certain point, the man laid back on the couch nearby, and he fell asleep because raping and sodomizing is heavy work. He, it's exhausting. Well, so sure. he needed to catch some Z's Where you're to right make sure. out. Yeah, exactly. I cannot believe he freaking went to sleep, though. Like, not a care in the world. Right. He obviously had no concerns that she was going to get 
away or anything, but like, I just cannot believe that. Yeah. How are you so relaxed after doing something like that to somebody that you're like, I'm just going to take a quick nap if that's cool. With them laying right there or sitting Uh right there or whatever, like standing, whatever she was doing. Oh my gosh. Like, uh, and just the fact that he brought her to his house Mm-hmm. says you're not going to survive this. Oh, absolutely. I have no plans for you to survive this. Well, and she saw his face. hmm <laughs> Yeah. A few hours later, he woke up and he made Cindy get dressed. And once she was dressed, he forced her into his vehicle and drove to Merrill Field Airport, which was a small aircraft or airfield used by local pilots with smaller aircraft. As they drove, the man told Cindy that they were going to fly up to his cabin in the middle of nowhere. That's mm-hmm. got to make you feel um, safe. Mm-hmm. Not scared for your life at all. Like, um, can we not, though, and say yeah. we did? I, yeah, I, I, really don't, don't I don't like that, that idea. I really don't want to do that. He also bragged about having taken many women up there for, quote-unquote, for fun. Okay. For That's fun what, for yeah, who? Exactly. Who's the one having fun here? They arrived at the airfield and parked next to a small blue and white plane, and the man began to unload things from his car into the plane, and that's when Cindy saw her chance. And good God in heaven, the bravery that she exhibited. When the man was walking away from his vehicle towards the plane, she pushed her way through the driver's side door, and she ran towards the road. And as she ran, she heard him shouting, quote, stop you, bitch, stop or I'll kill you. She didn't stop. No, thank God. I know. And she eventually reached the road. Once she was there, she saw the headlights of a truck and she ran towards it. The driver of the truck was on his way to work for that day and it was around 5 a.m. And thank God in heaven he was there when he was. Yes, because this is also like, it seemed like it was a kind of, um, well, it has to be like a rural-y type area. So it's not, it's not like a super busy highway that she's going to run out onto, you know? Like she's very lucky that There was somebody there, and yeah, because it's super early. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So the man saw Cindy running towards his truck in handcuffs and he slams on his brakes. And he said that he saw a man chasing, but as soon as the man saw the truck, he, are you in an OFT? Yep. The police were called and Cindy was taken to the hospital for an examination. They found vaginal bruising and shackle marks around her neck and wrists, corroborating her story of being abducted. She was then taken to Anchorage Police Headquarters to be interviewed. Cindy managed to give the police detailed descriptions of her attacker's house, his car, plane, and what he looked like. They returned to the airfield with Cindy. I can't imagine how traumatic that would have been for her because— Oh, my gosh. Right? And she pointed out the plane the man took her to. They ran the tail number, and it came back to 44-year-old Robert Hansen. So, Torella, will you please tell us who the actual F Robert Hansen was? No, thank you. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't want to talk about him. So never mind. Never mind. Okay. Bye. All right. I guess I'll do it. Okay, great. Robert Hansen was born in February of 1939 in Esterville, Iowa. Growing up, Hansen's family owned and ran a local bakery. His father, a Danish immigrant, was a strict disciplinarian, and throughout his childhood and into his adolescence, his father would punish him for any slight infraction, and from an early age, he was forced to work long hours in the family business. Even though he worked hard for them, his parents considered him to be a disappointment. Just like you. Oh. Okay, you are coming for me today. I am coming for you today. And I actually think you pronounced the name of the town wrong. Why? It's Esther Chestertonfieldville. Oh, yeah, yeah. I missed a Chestertonfield. Yes. Yeah, Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As he was growing up, once it became apparent that he was left-hand dominant, his parents started to force him to use his right hand when he did anything. And if they caught him writing with his left hand, he would face discipline. They said that being a lefty was a, quote, deviance. I don't like this. Is this triggering for you? It's incredibly triggering for me. And the reason why I came for you, just this last paragraph, is because I figured you were going to come for me. Wow. And my left-handedness. It's not right. (laughs) You know? It's not very Christian-like to be left-handed. I don't know, right? (laughs) What is wrong with people? Like, look. You're left-handed, okay? You were just born that way. Your handwriting is always going to look like garbled shit. I'm never going to color inside of the lions. Exactly. You're always going to be covered in ink because your hand's going to run right over top of it. But that's just life. Do I wish that I was right-handed? Absolutely. Every day I wish you were. Yeah. Oh, you do. (laughs) Okay, great. I don't feel— My feelings aren't important here? Yeah. No, they're not important. (laughs) But the thing is, and this is going to turn into some sort of like, you know, PSA for how hard it is for left-handed people, but spiral notebooks, absolutely not. Three-ring notebooks, can't write in those. Uh, Desks in schools that have the armrest for only right-handed people. The list goes on and on. Yeah, but don't be lazy. Just don't rest your hand. I mean, hold your hand up. God. That's easy for you to say because you've had the privilege of being right-handed. I don't think you understand the plight of being left-handed. And I don't appreciate being called a deviance by his parents or you. I have beautiful handwriting. It's beautiful. I don't know about that. It's beautiful. Ugh, whatever. Keep going. Whatever. This helped instill in him an overall feeling that he was born wrong and lacking. Don't. People are horrible. Just horrible. Like, this guy turned out to be a friggin' douchebag, but this is not okay to do to children. No, and here's what I was talking to a friend about yesterday. I can feel terrible and awful for the child that had to endure this because nobody should. That is god-awful. I can, however, hate the adult that he became, Mm -hmm. but I can feel terrible for that child that had to go through something like that Because his parents, not only in the left-handed aspect, made him feel like he was less than and lacking. Mm -hmm. Born wrong. They did it in all aspects of his life. Yeah. His job that they forced him to work at. School, I'm sure. You know, like, there was nothing that he could get right. No. And, like, this treatment, like, he ended up developing that stutter. I mean, he just, like, had absolutely no confidence at all. Understandably so. Yeah, exactly. 
In his teenage years, his stutter was definitely something that made him stand out and unfortunately not in a good way. He was mocked relentlessly at school, but not only for his stutter. He was also painfully shy and had severe acne. Those are just like not good combinations for kids who are assholes. He was teased and taunted mercilessly because of this. His acne would eventually develop into pockmarks and scars on his face as he got older. When he showed any interest in a girl at school, he was usually immediately rejected. He was described by almost all of his classmates as a loner and a social outcast. Uh, wonder fucking why. Like, yeah, exactly. And also, like, I hate when people are so mean about stutters. Like, I don't have one anymore, but I used to stutter a lot. Jesse stutters a lot right now. I think he'll grow out of it. But even if he didn't, like, so what? It's not anybody's fault. And it's not anything that anybody can help. So why make fun of somebody for something that is completely out of their control? Yeah. Also, I kind of think, not that anybody wants to have a stutter, and I'm not saying that it's good, bad, whatever. I don't know. I would think that it would be incredibly um, frustrating to have a stutter sometimes because it's like your mouth can't move as fast as your words are, Mm -hmm. or it moves too fast or something is happening, right? There's a disconnect somewhere. Yeah. I kind of think it's adorable. I don't see the problem with it. I don't understand Mm -hmm. why the, the ridicule. Yeah, exactly. Just awful. During his confession, he talked about growing up in Iowa and said this, quote, I would see my friends and so forth going out on dates and so forth and had a tremendous desire to do the same thing. From and the, so forth. Yeah. From the scars and so forth on my face, you can probably see, I couldn't see, I could see why girls wouldn't want to get close to me and so forth. And so forth. Yes. Yeah. Hanson found solace in the time he would spend alone though. He quickly developed a love of outdoors and became particularly adept at shooting. Whether he was using a bow or a gun, it was something he could do alone that didn't require anyone else. He could go out into the wilderness and disappear for a while. He became an avid hunter and outdoorsman, spending much of his time, his, much of his free time away from civilization. When he turned 18, Hansen joined the U.S. Army Reserve. wonder how many serial killers went into yes. the military. And Margo might know that. She, um, she's our friend who runs uh, or who military does the Military Murder, murder Podcast. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, all of hers have to do with either victims or perpetrators in the military. But I think she did a TikTok video that was like all of these serial killers were in the military and there's like a ton. I would consider that to be part of the McDonald triad because it's so prevalent. I know. And it's, I mean, her list is not exhaustive. It's just like, these are people that were also, you know, I don't know. His goal was to leave his troubled youth behind and make something of himself and find a sense of belonging. And for a while he did. And as you can imagine, with his marksman skills, he excelled at certain times. After he served a year in the reserves, he became an assistant drill instructor in Pocahontas, Iowa. Best name ever. Mm -hmm. He even met a young woman there, and the couple got married. The good feelings did not last long, though. In 1960, Hansen was 21 and back working at the family bakery. He had been feeling mistreated by the local community and sought revenge for the perceived slights. He talked to a younger employee of the bakery and convinced him to help him with his plan. What was his big plan, you ask? To burn down a local school bus garage. That'll teach him. (laughs) That'll teach him. He would later say that this revenge plan was because of the way he was treated in high school. He's really, really holding on to that. Uh, Yeah, and that's a real stretch, dude. 
Like, people were mean to me in high school. All of those people are grown up now. So I'm going to go burn down some school buses. That's the dumbest thing ever. Like, nobody is going to get the point that you're trying to make. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You're attacking the wrong person if you're trying to attack someone specific. Just does not make any damn sense. When the garage burnt down, the younger boy panicked and went to the police and confessed. On December 7th, 1960, Hansen was arrested and given a three-year prison sentence. He served 20 months and was released. While he was in prison, though, he spoke with a psychiatrist regularly and was diagnosed with manic depression with periodic schizophrenic episodes. In particular, they noted that Hansen had an infantile personality and was obsessed with getting back at people he felt had wronged him. And while he was in prison, his wife filed for a divorce and left him. After his release, he tried to keep his head down. He met another local woman. They married in 1963. Over the course of the next few years, Hansen was in and out of jail um, a handful of times for petty theft. In 1967, fed up with life in the lower 48, Hansen and his wife moved up to Anchorage, Alaska. Once there, they settled into a small community on the outskirts of Anchorage and had two children. Hansen opened a small bakery named Hansen's Bakery. That is incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. Love Hello. It. Uh, welcome to... What's up? Uh, my name is Hansen's Bakery. Oh, okay. Got it. Wow. It was located just minutes from 4th Avenue and Anchorage in one direction and in the other, just minutes from Merrill Field Airport. How did he afford his own airplane, though? I have no idea. Was it just, like, cheap or, like, was his bakery, like, that successful? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was all of his petty thefts. He was, like, just saving up for a plane. I don't know. Well, that's true. Yeah, maybe. In 1972, he was arrested twice. Uh, Once he was charged with the abduction and attempted rape of a local housewife. She was able to get away from him before he could rape her. He was arrested the second time for raping a sex worker. He pleaded no contest to a charge of assault with a deadly weapon in the abduction of the housewife. And the rape charge against the sex worker was dropped as part of a plea bargain. I can't even. Get ready. He was given five years in prison, which is, of course, not long enough. But after only six months, he was placed in a work release program and let out to live in a halfway house. Six months mm-hmm. for abducting somebody and attempting to rape her and then actually raping another person. Yes. Yes. And what do we I mean, I again, I don't have like specific numbers. I'm not a research scientist, but like. Every single one of the cases that we have looked at where somebody abducts and kills people, they have abducted and raped people before. They have taken people who are not theirs to take and put them in a van or put them in whatever and taken them away and done things to them. Some of them, you know, held them for a couple days or whatever. And these people, just by the grace of God, get away from them. And they're like, I don't know. Is that really that big of a deal? Did she die, though? Exactly. I don't understand how attempted and doing it is not at least close to the same sentence because the only reason why they it was attempted and not actual is because something was not in the rapist killer's favor. That's exactly. It. Something went awry. And like, if you're going to abduct people, 
you're going to escalate. That's going to get worse. In all these situations where people are abducting and killing women, they are abducting them without killing them first. We have to have harsher punishments for that. Because I just don't think that that's something that like is rehabilitative. I don't either. And I really, I know for a fact, it's not going to just, it's not, you're not going to be like, you know what? This is fine with me. I'll never get bored and tired and need more of a rush and thrill. They always continue. Yeah. And when that's how you get your sexual gratification. Yeah. Because getting rocks off, most important thing of all times. Exactly. And like how that happens for you is how that happens for you. Like, I don't know that you can just be like, I'm going to quit being um, aroused by this. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if there's an actual treatment for that. So, yeah. But in 1976, he was arrested again for stealing a chainsaw from a Fred Myers in Anchorage and was given five years in prison again. How is... Okay. Thank you. Abduction, attempted rape, actual rape, but let's drop that because, you know, he pled guilty, so it's fine. Uh, Five years. Okay, cool. He stole a chainsaw? (laughs) That's a chainsaw. Where I draw the line. Exactly. Walk him up and throw away the key. Five years. Yep. Come on. Shortly after his sentencing, he appealed, and the Alaska Supreme Court overturned the verdict, deeming the sentence too harsh. He was released with time served. In the community, Hansen had built an image of himself as the timid, dependable, friendly guy next door, even though he'd been sent to prison for I serious know. crimes. Oh, no. How do you do both? Come on. How are you like, hey, I'm just like the super sweet neighbor guy. I just got out of prison for the third time. But like, don't worry about that. Yeah. And it wasn't just because, because I I honestly think that there could be some crimes where you could still be like, I mean, that's a good guy. Just kind of, you know, shitty with, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking specifically like marijuana charges. Yeah. Because I don't see a problem with that personally. But, But these are really heinous crimes that he's doing. Yes. And people are still like, what a great guy. Like, they just have they have to just not know, right? Like, they would have to not know. I mean, if they know that he went to prison, maybe, but they'd have to not know details. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to Cindy Paulson. The police have talked to Cindy. She took them to the airfield. She pointed out Hanson's plane, right? So from there, the next step was to talk to him. But before confronting him, they looked into Hanson and they went through his past criminal offenses. They felt like the offenses there would line up with someone who would have escalated to murder. And they spoke with his, you know, a bunch of his friends where they discovered that he was an accomplished big game hunter and he actually owned several local records. They said that when he went out hunting, he would get the animal in his sights and he was absolutely going to hit that target. And several of the animals that he had killed were mounted in where? The basement. Basement. They went to Hanson and questioned him about what Cindy said. And they said that she accused him of kidnapping and raping her. And according to investigators, his response. Okay, guys, hang on. Open your windows. Yeah, fully twerked. Fully torqued, open the windows. This is not a crack your window situation. This is everything goes. Yep. So he said, quote, what? You can rape a sex worker? But the thing is, he didn't say sex worker. He said the word that we don't say. Yeah. But they can't be raped. Right. They are A, asking for it Uh and B, getting paid for it. So there's no way to rape anybody who's like that, right? Jeez. This fucking guy. 
So after that, Hansen did not dial it back. He attacked Cindy's credibility and the credibility of sex workers in general. He denied ever meeting Cindy. And the police also noticed that as they were talking to him, Hansen began to stutter. And that's what Cindy said her abductor did. He then said that his wife and kids were out of town and he spent the evening that Cindy claimed she was raped with two of his friends. He gave detectives their names and numbers. They called both friends who said that Hansen was 100% definitely with them. Uh, I hope these guys got arrested later too. Uh, Same. Which, yeah, I mean, they lied. (laughs) Exactly. They falsely gave a, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Hey, y'all, did you know that we release an update all about us and what we're up to each week on our Patreon? It's called T to the Fourth Power Y, which is some time to talk to you, a nod to Not Another Teen Movie. Mm -hmm. And it's where we just gal pal with you about life, what we're watching, our love for Cracker Barrel Italian dressing. I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit. You never know what you're going to get, really. Mm -hmm. If you want to catch an episode without being a patron, you are in luck. Just head over to killerqueens.link slash tt. T-T-Y, okay, time to talk to you, four T's and a Y, and you'll get to hear a full episode for free. And you can get these episodes every single week along with every single regular release episode ad-free for as little as $3 a month. That's less than half the price of the coffee I get at Starbucks, so. I know, that's crazy. I know, what a deal. Mm Mm-hmm. And for $10 a month, you get all that plus our other two Patreon-exclusive shows, Murder Mixtapes, which is a full bonus case each week. Recent cases are Tara Grinstead, Hannah Cornelius, and New York Body Snatchers, just to name a few. And you also get our other Patreon-exclusive show, Doc Jams, which is where we cover true crime documentaries episode by episode. We've done Don't Fuck With Cats. We've done Crime Scene on Netflix. They have Cecil Hotel and Times Square Killer. We've done The Jinx. We've done so many more. So be sure to head to killerqueens.link slash T-T-T-T-Y to get your free episode and hundreds more episodes to download right now and binge when you become a member of our Patreon community. Even though his alibi checked out, detectives had an overwhelming feeling that they were lying to him or lying for him. So they put him under 24-hour surveillance and they waited. Hansen just went on with his life though, and they're watching every step. Three months go by, and the body of Paula Golding was discovered. The detectives had reached out to the FBI to try to get a profile of who they should be looking for. And guys, guess what? They came back. You guys, the these FBI profilers, they Fucking got their shit together. Nailed it. Oh nailed my gosh. It. Yes. They basically were like, I'm I'm thinking his name is probably Robert Hansen. It rhymes with Robert Schmanson. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they said that they should be looking for an avid hunter who had low self-esteem. Hmm. They estimated that his self-esteem issues probably came from a history of being rejected by women and that he probably had souvenirs of his murders. The profile even suggested that he might have a stutter and own a plane because of his ability to get to remote places only accessible by plane or boat. So who does this sound like? Schmobert Schmanson. Schmobert Schmanson, exactly. It's my show. I'm Schmandy Schmiller Schmarkus. <laughs> so with the FBI profile in hand, investigators went back and they talked to Hansen's friends. And one of them said that he and Hansen would go around the Knick River in the Eklutna area and or and in the Inclutna area, and the investigators were like, oh my God, we got him. This is everything. But they had to link him to everything. So they kept talking to the friend and went as far as to bring them to the police station to talk to them. And with the pressure mounting, the two men who said that they were with him the night 
um, that Paulson, Cindy had gotten raped and abducted. They were like, okay. Um, so the thing about that is we totally lied to you guys. Yeah. Oof, Oopsie. That big deal. Oopsies. I've been meaning to tell you and I just couldn't find the right time. Hansen had told them that that night he had gotten into an altercation with a sex worker who was now trying to extort him for money. And he asked them to cover for him if anyone asked. And they said they did it because they didn't want him to get in trouble with his wife since he was a married man. Wow. What about like, hey man, you should um, respect your wife? Yeah, and keep it in your pants. Pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like, if if that's something that you have worked out in your relationship, then whatever. But if that's not something that you've worked out, you are putting your partner's health at risk by sleeping with other people and not telling them. Like, they should and know that. That's at the very low end of the spectrum. Exactly. For, you know what I mean? Like, we're not even talking Bare about the shit minimum, that Robert yeah. Hansen was doing, exactly. right? Exactly. It's like, okay, maybe you want to get tested because you're sticking your dick in all kinds of people. And if that's something that you guys have worked out, by all means, go for it. To each their own consenting adults. If not, we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But also, I think it goes without saying, don't want to have to say it, but I will. Don't fucking hunt people. Yeah, let's not hunt people. That's not, yeah. we don't, that's not cool. But like, if you're a good friend, like, I mean, I get, you know, you're like, oh man, I don't want to get you in trouble with your wife or whatever. But that's usually like, he had a couple more beers than we talked about, or we stayed out later than we were going <laughs> to, or stupid shit like that. Like, not like, oh, well, he got into a physical altercation with a sex worker at his home while his wife and children were out of town. And now she is extorting him for money. Right. Better keep it quiet. Right. And will lie to the police so that he doesn't get in trouble with his wife. Come on. So with this new information and his alibi completely out of the window, investigators. 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 <laughs> Invest. I've had a little bit to drink today, guys. Apparently. I know. Apparently, the <laughs> investigators, <laughs> investigators wasted no time getting search warrants for Hanson's house, the bakery, cars, and the plane. Mm-hmm. So they showed up to the bakery while he was working, and they were like, hey, can I get a croissant? And also, boom, you're arrested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Hanson was cooperative, and he walked out without issue. But at the same time, a warrant was executed at his house. This is sad, though. His wife and kids were like, huh? Yeah. They, they had no idea. And they're like, why are you searching my house? Yeah, that's really sad. It's awful. But as authorities are going through the house, it was exactly like Cindy had described it. In the basement, they found a, a soundproof hidden room with a metal pole in the middle of it. And this is exactly like Cindy said. And I mean, this is like, if he had just said to them, yeah, I picked her up. We went back to my house. We had sex. I paid her. Um, She's lying to you. That would have gone a lot better for him than... Because they probably would have believed that. Right. But he's like, I've never met her, don't know her, have no idea what she's talking about. But she's described your house to a T. Mm-hmm. Come on. And described you and a lot of mannerisms that you exhibit to mm-hmm. a T. How does she know that? How does she know what your house looks like? And how, what your plane looks like. I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah, right? It's never-ending. So as they looked through the house, they honestly weren't finding much, but they found something in the bedroom. What they found was, remember that map we talked about when you need to put a pin in that? Yep. They found it in the headboard of the bed in the master bedroom. Wow. 
I keep a lot of shit in my headboard. I'll tell you what. Oh, yeah. There's a pocket in there. I don't have yeah, a pocket for a headboard. I don't have a, a hidden headboard pocket. No. Okay, so the map was of the Anchorage region. And on the map, there were 21 eggs. Eggses. 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 Is that E-G-G-S apostrophe S? So many eggses. <laughs> we're talking about just the letter X. I know. I, I For some reason, I wanted to say exits. Um, and then I was like, nope, abort that. No, drop the its. Exes. Mm. That's how you say execution, though. You say execution. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So there were 21 exes. Mm-hmm. Four of those exes were exactly <laughs> where the bodies of women had been discovered in shallow graves. So they knew that the map was only circumstantial evidence, but they needed to find the rifle to link him to the shell casing. So all this but together. I mean, how is that? Like, I mean, I get that it's circumstantial because it's like nobody saw Robert Hansen burying this woman. He wasn't caught red-handed burying this woman at these spots. But how the fuck is he going to mark four graves exactly? I know. You know, like. Yeah. I but, don't know. I don't know. I mean, people have gotten tried and convicted for a lot less than what mm-hmm. they already have, but they wanted a slam dunk case. And yeah. also, I'm sure they needed that to, because all these eggses are, eggs. they're presuming, yes, the eggses, presumably other grave sites. But yeah. to put an X on a map, that's not pinpointing. That's they don't true. have coordinates. So, yeah. Yeah. So, They moved from the main living area to the attic and they moved some of the insulation around and under some of it was jewelry. And one investigator was like, oh, why is Hanson's wife hiding her jewelry up here? Like, doesn't she have a fucking jewelry box? What a crazy, oh, oh, this is from the victims. Why did he Dude. Why? Why? You know what? It's his choice to be just a silly little goose, okay? Yeah, like- Maybe it was a brain fart moment. I don't know. I cannot think of one woman who stores anything in the attic that she doesn't just make her husband go up and get for her when she, like, the only thing you put in the attic is shit you're not going to need for the whole next year. And then when you need it, you have to just, like, ask your husband 50 times to get the fuck up in the attic because I'm not going up there because scary and gross. It is scary. And then sometimes, I mean, I've seen Christmas vacation. You can fall right through it. Well, exactly. So you're not going to put your jewelry up there and be like, hang on, honey, I got to go to the attic and get my earrings. I'll be right back down. You're taking me to dinner? Let me make a trip to the attic. Like, yeah. I'll I'll be right back. Just go into the attic. (laughs) Right. Like, no, that doesn't happen. And one of the necklaces that they found was of an arrowhead, and that matched the one that Sherry Mara wore all of the time, never took off. Boom. So with this discovery, the police removed all of the insulation that they could, and they eventually came across the 223 caliber Ruger Mini 14 rifle. And they immediately sent it to the ballistics labs, and the results matched the shell casings found near the bodies. So now they're like, okay, we got to go talk to Hanson, this stupid-ass motherfucker. So, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. And their goal, of course, is to discover the identities of each ex on the map. So they wanted to bring home everybody that they could so families could bury their loved ones. And the DA spoke with Hanson for hours, and he said that the whole time, Hanson had been, quote, mild-mannered Bob the Baker. I'm going to call him Boob the Baker. I hate him. Mm, He's a fucking turd. So it was almost like he was playing a game of cat and mouse and he would give some info, then he'd backtrack and say like, well, maybe I'm remembering things wrong. And the head DA finally snapped and said that they had his map. 
And he told Hanson that they were going to go out there with dogs and walk every area of every X and dig everywhere they had to in order to find everybody he left out there. And he said that they were going to prosecute him on each and every one and he would not get away with anything. And that's when Hanson changed his, uh, his entire demeanor, everything changed. His face got beat red and they said that his voice dropped and he said something to the effect of, quote, dirty fucking whores. Wow. And that's when they knew they had him. And he was enraged that he was caught. Not enraged that, or not sad, not, not remorseful, nothing. He was just pissed that they caught him. Yeah. So they made a deal with Hanson and they would only charge him with four of the murders. This is so annoying. I mean, he, it doesn't really matter because he got such a heavy sentence, never, ever got out of prison, but it pisses me off. He killed way yeah. more women, but four were the only convictions that he got. So they charged him with the murders of Sherry Morrow, Joanna Messina, Aklutna Annie, and Paula Golding. He was also charged with the kidnapping and rape of Cindy Paulson. And in exchange, Hansen had to give a full confession and help investigators locate as many bodies as they could. Hansen confessed to hunting and murdering women in the wilderness of Alaska. And he talked about a value system he had that, and, okay. in his eyes, there were, quote, good girls and there were, quote, bad girls. And it was okay to kill the, quote, bad girls. Um, okay. What constitutes a good girl? Somebody who's not a sex worker? Yeah, 100%. Um, I also think, based on his fucking skewed idea of... And who the fuck made exactly, him... Exactly, <laughs> The authority on who's a good girl and who's a bad girl. Because guess what? Um, making a living, doing whatever you want to with your own body... Mm-hmm. Um, also, sir, you're a patron of the, quote, bad girls... Uh, absolutely. And you go a step further and take away the consent mm-hmm. and you fucking kill people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they're bad. Got it. I cannot with the double standard and the judgment and the prejudice. I just, I'm incensed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would probably be a bad girl in the sense that I have tattoos and I wear crop tops and, you know, like who gives him the fucking right to decide who's good and who's bad. I just cannot. So he confessed to killing 17 women and unfortunately only 14 bodies have ever been discovered. At his sentencing, Hansen pled guilty to everything. The DA said that the first words out of his mouth to the court that day were, quote, before you sits a monster. Yep. I feel like if I know anything about Hansen, which I think I do, that was more of a brag than it was... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or he's still playing the victim in his own twisted mind where he's like, I'm a monster. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Hansen was sentenced to 461 years plus life without the possibility of parole. And Hansen died at the age of 75 due to natural causes from lingering health issues. Robert Hansen's story has been told or has been used as the basis for film and TV. The 2013 um, movie Frozen Ground with John Cusack and Nicolas Cage. That's a heavy, hitting oh man, yeah, lineup there. Good cast. It tells the story of the butcher baker and Cold Case, Criminal Minds, and Law and Order SVU have all had episodes based off Hanson as well. And should I do a spoiler for Dexter fans? I don't want to. 
I don't want people to come for me because Lord knows what happened when I talked about Shit's Creek four years ago. Oh my God, I know. Okay, so listen, we're going to tell you something about the new season of Dexter. Dexter, And if you do not want this information, turn it off now. Skip ahead. Yeah. Like 30 seconds or something. Yes. In Dexter, New Blood, the main antagonist, Kurt Caldwell, known as the runaway killer, was based on Hanson. Okay. Okay, there it is. We said it. We said it. We yep. said it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's it. it. Yeah, guys, that's it. So we got to come up with a with a with a name for him. The it can't be the butcher baker baker bitch face baker. Bitch. Yes, Terrell, that was great. Oh, thank you. Bitch tits baker. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Come up with one, you know, because we don't we don't like this guy. We don't want butcher baker. We don't want something to sound like. I keep thinking Butcher Baker Candlestick Maker. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. That's it. Now I've got just around the river bend because you happened to say Pocahontas earlier, so but it's stuck in my head. That's the best song. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I could go on and on and on. Um, that song that the granny, grandmother Willow sings. Mm. It's I'll I'll it'll come to me. Oh, what about in the gold? It's mine, mine, mine. Dig and dig and diggity dig and dig. I'm gonna listen. Hey, nanny, nanny, ho, nanny. I'm gonna the whole, the whole, the whole. I don't, I don't know how you remember every single fucking thing from every single fucking movie. There is nothing of sub actual substance. Everything that I learned in school for the however many years I was, see, I don't even remember how many years I was there. Thrown it all out. Do not care. Got rid of it. Made room for only this that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to watch Pocahontas later. Um, I think that's... Uh, didn't even have to say it out loud. Not a secret. Definitely going to be listening to the soundtrack. But, you know, I miss a time. I long for a time when Mel Gibson was not the Mel Gibson we know now. Mm. Of course. Yeah. But I also do love the fact... I mean, God, Thomas was the cutest little cartoon I've ever seen. And that was Christian Bale's voice. Was it? Oh, yeah. Did not know that. Yep. Yep. Wowzers. Anyway, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and listening and we and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Okay, you guys, you know what time it is. It's shout out time in Tennessee. <gasps> jinx. <gasps> Can you jinx on a gasp? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. We did it the exact same, so it's a yeah. that's a jinx if I ever heard one. According to my kids, you can jinx on even just totally different words if you feel like it. (laughs) Okay. I don't like how they play. I know. They're like, jinx, I win. Yeah, and then it would result in me having to pay someone $26, so. That's true. Yeah. It's an expensive game. Um, Okay, but you know, we want to give a Hey Girl thanks to some of our newest patrons. So thanks to Sam. Lauren Robson. Elise Parker. Reagan Cody. Okay, this says TT. I like that. Molly. Stephanie. Taylor. Julie Godsey. Sierra. Erica Strandquist. Tristan Wright. Morgan Pruitt. Heather. Courtney Thomas. Morgan. Angela Gibson. Kinsey Laura. Caitlin. Juana Rojas Hernandez. Jaris Conway. Vanessa Springer. Shay Power and Veronica Catano. Thank you guys so much. Yes, we love you. We love you, love you. 
We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at killerqueenspodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.